Hey, kids. Hey, 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 kids! You are about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. In these difficult times, we want to remind you that we're all in this together. Yes. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, DrLondonSmith.com. I'd like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terms that I've been using, such as heparin-induced thrombocytopenia and lovely day, so I will try to temper my terminology to a simpler one in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Hello, Dr. London, on this beautiful day. Hi. Cameron is so dedicated to making sure that our podcast stays relevant to the average listener Mm -hmm. that when he heard Mm -hmm. about cam girls, he began organizing bake sales for what he assumed was his fan club. Well, and it's not really a fan club. It's more like a, I don't know, fan experience. I assume. I've never actually been invited to these meetings, but I, I, I assume if I make enough cookies or brownies or sort of special treats i will I'll get an invite right i mean wouldn't that isn't that isn't wouldn't they want me to be there why haven't i been given an invite where well, here's okay. the invite well you sound you sound kind of desperate on this so i'm not desperate you... i'm cool cool but it's just like you make a fan club for me you even call yourself the cam girls and i don't even get an invite like to hang out or like i don't you know we could we could i mean we could game yeah so i don't i don't have games Right. Yeah, you've been you've been kind of struggling with the the virtual, you know, how we're all separate in isolation right now. Well, yeah, and most of my games are too heavy to be done purely through the internet. Aww. You know, you, you, there there's definitely ways where you could play like poker or whatever online with your friends. Yes. But most of the games that I've sort of come up with involve kind of lifting and moving large stones uh you know pushing things pulling things and that just does not translate well uh in a zoom environment right well and okay so i should actually clarify before we go on here that a cam girl is actually short for a webcam girl so not a not a cameron the producer yeah cameron from the web the jock talk podcast it's online so it's an internet model who they put suggestive contact their content online for for viewers yeah and i'm suggesting you invite me to the fan club let me i just i just want to hang out okay okay well and you know i guess to any of our listeners if you are a cam girl and you're part of cameron's fan club i guess uh, sure let let us you know let cameron know um also with this is digital in the house I'm not desperate. I'm cool. Cool. I'm not desperate. I'm cool. Cool. expect a dream specialist that's right dr london all right so so look forward to that uh before we move on i would like to address a bit of listener feedback i found this written on a piece of toilet paper on the floor of the hospital bathroom the note reads quote look at what i bought such a good deal now i just gotta go to the store to buy some sunflower seeds end quote 
so first of all, I would like to thank you for your question here on the Jock Dog podcast. Um, to answer your question, I, I should clarify that I cannot see what you bought. So when you say, look at what I bought. He's probably talking about the prescriptions that you gave him. Look at what I bought. Now I have to go get sunflower seeds because Dr. London, I mean, be honest, you're not, you're, you're something of a snack thief. Are you jacking patients' sunflower seeds? Okay, so your your assumption is that they're talking about the medicine they got and the realization that I stole from them? Well, they're writing this in the bathroom of a hospital, so I assume what they're talking about, what I purchased. It's probably either going to be from the hospital gift store or it's going to be, you know, hydrocodone. And so they're like, so either, hey, I just picked yeah. up some hydrocodone, but now I got to get sunflower seeds because Dr. London once again jacked the snacks I brought in. Would you okay, do well, do? Well, I, I mean, if, they're, if you're, they're left behind, then... You're a snack jacker. Okay, well, I, need I to mean, hear that was you... my nickname, but it's not... Yeah, why like, do you think that's me? your nickname? Why do you think people started calling you that for no reason? They just came up to you one day and they said, you're the snack jacker. Okay, well, that, that is how... You've never thought this through. People call you this independent of this conversation, and you've never put thought into it. Well, I just thought it was because it just rhymed, and I guess like, uh, you know, maybe. I mean, I guess I don't. I I have I carry a jack in my car sometimes, uh-huh. like a car jack. So, and so even though you're famous locally for swiping snacks, you never made this connection. I, I think we need to move ahead before you. Honestly, you're, you're, yeah. you're I mean, you need to, you need to uh, call the, 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 the Fifth Amendment. Call the amendment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mean plead the Fifth? Is that what you're trying to say? You need to call the Fifth Amendment so you're not, you know, you're, you're distributing so much information uh, of your crimes. Okay. You mean, okay. Uh, in any case, um, I'm not sure why. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to our listener. For I'll listening. add it to your to-do list. Email the Fifth Amendment. Okay. And I guess I didn't know this to-do list existed. What what all have you added to that so far? Uh, email the Fifth Amendment. Okay. And um, it, this just so says ill, I-L-L. So maybe a patient was sick and you... You thought that I needed to write that down? I, I I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember doing it. But it says okay. ill. It's in all caps. It's in a different font. Like maybe I copied it from something. Okay. And so it could be that someone is sick. It could be that I was thinking that I was ill, um, both sick or also just kind of rad. Right. I could have been listening to the Nas album, Illmatic. And this is this is your to-do list. This is a list of things that I assume need to be done. So I'm going to put down email, Fifth Amendment. Okay. And I'm just going to put ill a second time. I'll remember what that means later. Uh, at this point, I would normally share an anecdote from clinical life, but our producer Cameron has been absolutely emphatic that he wants to contribute to the medical lessons here. So he tells me that he has put together some helpful tips. <laughs> Cameron's coronavirus tips. Cameron's coronavirus tips. Cameron's coronavirus tips. Cameron's coronavirus tips. That's right, Dr. London. We've been talking over the last few weeks about how to handle quarantine, how to handle this sort of new reality that we're in. Right. And I I mean, I think that's been helpful, don't you think? I, I don't know if your tips have been so applicable for people you know with your you know uh going on a trampoline and going in a submarine a lot of things that the the mezzanine yep uh, the the, in-between the in-between which is basically just i guess it it sounds more like a trans-dimensional idea even though you're just under a blanket so i don't know how a lot of stuff goes under on under that blanket. Don't say just under a blanket. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. So Don't talk like you've been there unless you've been there. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I guess. I just, in any case, I don't see how these tips are necessarily 
applicable to you know our listeners but maybe so you said you had something new for today yeah i mean what if what how about for right now instead of talking about how to avoid the virus we can talk about something uh, a little more hopeful what if we talk about uh, how to prepare for the future once our once we're out of quarantine okay yeah because that's something that i'm looking forward to i'm sure you're looking forward to being able to see your friends and family and your close mm-hmm. ones again and um I, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. But I think, you know, one thing we do have to realize is that you, the world has kind of changed. It has changed whether you've seen the effects or not. It's a little different. And so we're almost sort of starting a new life. You know what I mean? Our, our lives before the quarantine were different than the ones that are, are going to be there after. You know what I mean? So you're saying life will be different after the quarantine? Mm-hmm. But you said in a less eloquent way, but of course. I mean, Dr. London, a man, you, have you ever heard this? A man never steps in the same river twice, for it is no longer the same river, and he is no longer the same man. You know who said that, Dr. London? I, I don't recall, but I remember Some the Greek quote. guy. And that okay. Greek guy knew what he was talking about, because we change while the world changes. And so we're sort of stepping out into this new reality. And so I would say on your first day of quarantine, um, what you want to do is you want to go find a new cave. The cave you've likely been living in, which known as a house, those are no longer relevant in this new society. What you're going to do is you're going to find a cave that's closer to hunting central areas, but also are going to protect you from other cave dwellers. When Are you assuming that... How long do you think this quarantine is going to go on? What is your uh, assumption on that? I have no idea. I mean, it could be two weeks. It could be three weeks. I don't know. So It's got to so be one of those. So if it's two to three weeks from now, you think that society will have devolved into exclusively cave dwellers? Sure. I mean, I, I like to think of my friends and family as my friends and family. Not everything is you know, so scientific and dry and all these cave dwellers. But I mean, yeah, you're dwelling in a cave and everyone around you is dwelling in a cave and you want to pick a cave that's sort of central towards a hunting zone, but also has a lot of space and protection, which is sort of a hard balance because sometimes the the most protected caves are the smaller ones, the ones that you can kind of tuck away and are hidden. Whereas the more spacious big ones, those are going to be big targets. Well, and I don't go spelunking very often. And no, but... this is not spelunking. This is the new normal. This is the new reality. Well, you said cave exploring. So you're not exploring. Be... You're living. This is your life now. Okay, this is I your guess... home. This is your dwelling. That's why you're picking an area that is central towards hunting. Okay. Well, so. So then after that, you want to go out for the kill. Let's talk about hunting. So in this new reality, most of the animals you're used to are no longer going to be around. In two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. However, the new animals that have come about, although dangerous and twice the size of the animals we're used to, they do have much more meat. And the meat is much tastier. So you do, it's kind of a trade-off there. So what you want to do is you want to take your spear that you fashioned. That you, hopefully you've been fashioning spears and knives and whatnot over the last few weeks. You haven't been just wasting your quarantine, not preparing for this new reality. So you want to take the spear and the net that you fashioned, the net you've made out of the hair droppings while you've cut your own hair. And okay. what you want to do is you're going to spear the sort of you know cat, dog, um, fly thing. That's sort of a combination of those animals. You're going to want to stab it with your spear and then you're going to wrap the net around it and you're going to drag it back into your cave. But you want to do that quickly because everyone's heightened sense of smell in this new reality. Cause you know, we're going to be all sort of, uh, you know, like freaky monsters with like exaggerated sight and smell. So uh-huh. the people with an animal like smell, they're going to be able to smell your kill. So you want to drag it as quickly as possible. You, I would say carry it, but obviously it's going to be too heavy because this is, thing is extremely large and incredibly dense. Before we move on here, so so the animal you're describing that you killed is 
a cross between a cat, a dog, and a fly. Uh-huh. And and I'm just wondering. And it's bigger. You do you have a cat, a dog, and a fly in your vicinity? And maybe could could you be basing all of this on just the animals you've been seeing lately? I don't even know if I've ever seen a cat. I'm not sure. I don't think I have. So no. Okay. Okay, sorry, go on you, talking to your neighbor. Yeah, you, th- at this point, you want to leave your cave. This is after you've started the roast. You want to leave your cave, and you want to talk to your neighbor, Grug Grug. The reason you want to talk to Grug Grug is because he's awesome at cave paintings. And so what you're going to do is you're going to exchange cave paintings that he'll be able to sort of liven up your new homestead, your new uh, place of living. He's going to bring some artwork into there. And in exchange, you're going to give him shares of your technology startup. Sort of like how the, the old Facebook offices got that one guy with a Netflix show to do artwork in their office, but not for money in exchange of shares. In the future, the only thing we'll have are uh, stock shares in technology startups. Oh, so you think currency will be gone and it'll just be It'll just be like shares of all these different startups. So I assume at this point, again, hopefully you haven't been wasting your quarantine. So hopefully at this point, you've already started a new technology startup. And remember, we're in the new cave-dwelling future. So what kind of tech is great for caves? I don't uh, know. That's for you to come up with in your cave to start your startup. And then you can give your homie Grug as many shares as he wants. Huh. Okay. No, that sounds... Okay. Now and let's I hate talk to... shoes. Shoes as we know it are over. You're never going to experience the sensation of putting on a shoe like you have ever again in in two to three weeks you think that shoes will be gone yes they are going to be replaced with a new material that no one has seen yet but it's bouncy as hell and so as we're cave dwellers one thing that's going to give us an advantage over past cave dwellers you know cavemen from millions of years ago or whatever is that we're going to have these crazy bouncy shoes really bouncy feet because it sort of conforms to the shape of your feet like flubber sort of and so we're going to be able to bounce around as quickly as possible just boing 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 spearing all of these you know crazy monster animals that we drag to our cave and then we get our neighbor grug grug to do the artwork huh and so okay and i hate to throw this criticism in okay if you hate it i don't know why you're saying it so i i guess i i hate the need that i have so Okay, your other recommendations thus far have had some assumptions with them, some prerequisites that don't necessarily fit everyone. And I feel like this runs into the same problem where maybe since you can't predict the future, you're assuming that in two to three weeks, civilization will have effectively been wrecked, just completely gone. That that is not true at all. I mean, civilization uh, is still going on. There's still going to be like a, like a Subway sandwiches and there's still going to be like a Target, but they're just going to be cave based. And we're going to instead of spending money there, you're going to give them like shares of Snapchat. See, I guess because I don't like I don't have a lot of caves near me as far as I'm aware. So you've spent this whole quarantine not researching the cave area you're going to move to? No, I just... Oh, my you know, gosh. Already, Dr. I London, live, you need to get in on that. Well, what if we already live in, say, you know, a house or an apartment? No, you're going to have to abandon that in the new society. This is the new normal. Yes. And you keep using that as if the new normal refers to moving out of your house and into a cave. Like, that's... See, these kinds of assumptions seem a little bit off to me. In terms of realistic expectations. Now let's talk music. In this new reality, Sixpence None the Richer has come back, and they are the most popular band in the world. Now you might be thinking, who's Sixpence None the Richer? They were the band from the 90s who sang the songs Kiss Me and also There She Goes. They're going to have sort of a revival in popularity 
in this new reality and they're going to be the ultimate band and they're going to go around from cave system to cave system performing their songs. So now you've gone from, you know, making assumptions about the future and what you'll have to prepare for. And instead you are predicting who will become famous. No, this is just all based on the data I have, Dr. London. What, what data? The data from the database. What, what database? I'm not following. The database, it's the computer over there, and you can see, like, the screen's not on, but you can see I've, I've put a piece of paper up on where the screen is, and there's all that data on there. Yeah, so you scribbled something. Like, you have, you do have drawings of, uh, was it Grug Grug? Mm-hmm. You have drawings of, well, I guess a cave, but it's just a circle that's colored in. Yeah, um, that, that's, a, that's a few different things. Okay. So I don't, I don't see that as a database so much. I see that more as you drew pictures. On You're a not a tech guy. I... You're not a tech guy. You haven't even been starting on your tech startup yet. Oh, Doctor London, you are so behind. Okay, I admittedly I'm not a tech guy necessarily. So I guess, I guess our, our listeners yeah. and I will, I will have to take your word for it. All right. Well, uh, I think. I think we've we've covered enough here, and you know, for all of our listeners, here was another edition of Cameron's Corner. Lushless brand, Cameron's Corner. Now for today's medical topic, aortic stenosis. Aortic stenosis is atherosclerosis, more commonly termed clogged arteries, causing calcium deposition in the aortic valve, and the aortic valve is, of course, the big main valve going out of the heart to the rest of the body. This calcium deposition takes time, so aortic stenosis usually presents in old men, though it can be in younger men with congenital bicuspid valves, and can also be in young people due to rheumatic fever from untreated strep throat. Uh, Aortic stenosis causes obstruction to the flow of blood from the left ventricle, which is the lower left heart chamber, and that can cause blood to back up, leading to left ventricular dilation or expansion. And if it becomes severe, it can pull apart the mitral valve as well. So uh, the, you're saying if I wanted a blood backup, if I wanted to like kind of save some blood for later, if I wanted, let's say, double the blood, this is kind of the methodology I'd want to follow, right? Yes. No, so this doesn't like save up blood for the future. Generally, you, you want to keep you know your blood flowing. If you slow it down, then that's actually bad. Well, I think this honestly makes a lot of sense to me because I, you know, I, I have I have backups of a lot of I'm, I mean, my groceries and a lot of items, especially right now during this sort of tumultuous time. And so it does make sense to you. You are going to want to have a backup of blood. I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my, let's say, like monthly blood fusion next month or the next month, because we don't really know what things are going to look like then. You know, I'm sorry, you get blood do you mean transfusions? Ooh, I it I it says blood fusion. What what is it? What do you mean by that? The bag. Is it does it have blood in it? Once a month I get this bag. It says blood fusion on the top of it. It's blue. It's really blue. It's bluer than most it? things for sure. I eat it. It's a and that's why I'm doing that once a month. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if my guy is going to have his supplies next month or the next month, just with everything going on. So, I mean, if I could just create my own backup of blood, this is, anyway, go ahead with your, your, with your little story or whatever. I wasn't really sure. listening, but. Okay. So, so um, clinically patients will typically present with chest pain, congestive heart failure symptoms, such as shortness of breath on exertion or while lying down, or they can present with syncope, also known as passing out. So the diagnosis is first with auscultation, and that's... I believe uh, you mean you... a syncopede, and that is a bug with 100 legs. Yes. Uh, no, uh, that was syncope for fainting. But So so you could listen with um, stethoscope, which is that instrument that doctors wear around their neck, and that's how um, you'll, you'll diagnose this at first, how you'll first catch it a lot of times. You'll hear a crescendo-decrescendo systolic murmur at the base of the heart at the right sternal border. Uh, Chest x-ray may show calcified aortic valve and enlarged heart chambers. 
uh, EKG would show left ventricular hypertrophy and left atrial abnormality, but um, an echocardiogram, uh, that will be diagnostic in most cases. And this does make sense because when I put a stethoscope up to the, the, the bag of fusion blood, I do hear a sort of uh, third wave post-rock crescendo, think explosions in the sky or Sugaros or something like that, that kind of like slow instrumental build over about eight minutes. And so that does make sense. And so this this blood fusion, you said you eat it. You're not drinking it. It sounds like a liquid, what you're describing. Well, it's you have to chew it up a little bit. You can't just swallow it solid. And and what do you think that this does for you? It's replenishing my monthly blood order. Okay. I and I don't know if you're aware of this, but your body naturally makes blood like all the I time. I know that, but it doesn't make as much blood as I need in the given month. That's why learning about this backup thing is super useful. And so actually if you get extra blood, I don't know what's in what you're getting, but Extra blood can actually be bad because you don't have a way to get rid of the extra iron. But in any case, um, so so for uh, that doesn't sound like it would happen to me. For aortic stenosis, uh, the definitive diagnostic test would be with cardiac catheterization, which can measure the valve gradient and calculate valve area to assess the degree of stenosis. Treatment is to surgically replace the aortic valve in all symptomatic patients. And once again, Cameron, I, this is actually a habit that I don't know what that substance is, but it doesn't sound necessarily healthy for you. This is what I hear whenever I put a, a stethoscope up to it. That's normal, right? Uh, I, I don't think so. Well, Usually whatever. you want to hear a like a lub dub. I don't listen to dub music anymore. Well, okay, we can move on from there. All right, Cameron, uh, you said you you brought a guest for us today. We well, you asked that question different than normal, Doctor London. So I I prepared with a we absolutely do, Doctor London, but now you worded it differently. You threw me off. Aww. Okay, so our guest today, which I'm I'm excited. Don't ask about the because... question again. Say, uh, do we have a guest today? Okay. Cameron, do we have a guest today? We absolutely do, Dr. London. We do this every time. Anyway, okay, it's I'm, fine. Can't so, respect the system. All right. And so it's a, it's a doctor from what I understand, which, Cameron, that's a bit out of the usual for what you recruit for this podcast. Oh, because most, most of the people I recruit are the homeless or clinically insane? Or just people you find at the grocery store, yeah. I, we're we're speaking the same language here. Okay, uh, so hello to our guest, Dr. Neil Van Linus. Hello, Dr. London. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Hello, yeah, Mister or Dr. Linus. That's how Van, are you, Van Linus? Van Linus. Doctor Van Linus. Yes. I'm sorry, I forgot the van. I drive a sedan. <laughs> okay. That's nice. All right. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, well, what you're uh, what you're coming on the show for, Dr. Van Linus? I understand you're a dream specialist. Yes. Well, actually, Dr. Van Linus, I'd like to know, where are you from, first of all? Uh, thank you for asking, uh, Cameron. Uh, I'm from South Africa. Oh, okay. You from uh, Johannesburg? No, no, I, I live uh, in Cape Town. I've uh, lived there all my life. Wow, so the right, right, right near the Horn, huh? Yes, yes. It's Isn't uh, there something about a horn over there? The, the Horn of Africa, I think, is what you're referring to. That sounds about right. Yes, all it's right, a, Dr. London. It's a geographical reference. Yeah, okay, thank you. I, it's nice to learn a bit of you know, geography here. But mm-hmm. um, Dr. Van Linus, you were saying you're a dream specialist, is that right? Yes, yes. I'm a, I specialize in uh, dream research. Uh, it's been uh, my life's work ever since uh, graduate school. Uh, I've been running a, a dream uh, research institute here in, uh, in Cape Town. We have uh, associates around the world that we work with, 
and uh, we've uh, been uh, involved in some some rather exciting research in the last uh, ten or so years. Wow, it sounds great. What um, so what has your research been involved with? Has it been, I guess, you know, REM sleep, and I guess if if it's dream focused, maybe it's on helping someone get a more restful slumber, or or you two, or any kind of '80s new wave bands. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, sometimes we do use music, but I, I should say that uh, I primarily uh, our research has been devoted to uh, helping with the interpretation of dreams. This is a, uh, a subject which has been primarily left to psychology, uh, mm-hmm. the, the soft science of medicine, if you will. Uh, we wanted science. to take a more rigorous approach, and what we wanted to do was actually record dreams, as if uh, one would record uh, your favorite Netflix show. So you or like recording like that dog who keeps getting in that hole that I'm digging and he keeps trying to dig for me and I keep filming him like that. Uh, yes, yes, we actually have uh, gotten to the point in our uh, technological development where we're able to record uh, upwards of 60% of an entire dream of uh, contiguous uh, dream minutes. Whoa. Wow, and I get uh, I guess one of my questions would be to to what end? Like I mean, I guess it it is cool to, I guess, see your dream again because a lot of us don't remember our dreams that often. No, uh, no, people don't remember their dreams. Most of the time, what happens is they wake up and they start uh, thinking about uh, their day, uh, about whatever anxiety they've had, uh, about the poor night's sleep they've had, and then just there's a fleeting, the most fleeting, dream-like, filament-like image of a dream that they try to reach out and grasp and it is but smoke and we are trying to take that smoke and turn it into tv that one could watch you could watch it over and over and over again as part of helping you with one's uh, uh, underlying psychological uh, issues as as they are uh, made made whole made manifest if you will in dreams and also it just sounds like it's something to watch right i mean like i've already watched through everything else well, yes, it is particularly fascinating. Uh, we see, uh, in, we, we've been doing recordings of subjects around the world. Uh, the, we see a lot, a lot of naked people. Okay. Uh, usually the subjects... You the, see a lot of naked people yes. in the dreams, or you're seeing the dreams of a lot of naked people? Because I, I, I bet that would also be true, right? Uh, well, we keep our subjects fully clothed, uh, but as you might imagine, uh, people have uh, dreams of anxiety. Uh, dreams of anxiety are some of the most prevalent dreams that we've been able to catalog. Uh, and uh, you both have probably had dreams where you are naked in front of a class or naked in front of a lecture hall or naked walking down the street. Uh, this is a very common occurrence. Uh, so we do see a lot of uh, naked people walking amongst clothed people. And well, it, for, it is a very common occurrence. I do want to, Sorry, Dr. London, we'll get to you in a second. It is a very common occurrence. And I shouldn't have been arrested for it. Well, not in your dreams. Yeah. No, certainly not. You sh- one should not be arrested for one's dreams. We're, we're to- totally against that. We do have a high ethical, moral for, standard. In yeah. dreams, out of dreams, let's keep the police out of it, right? Well, it's very, very difficult to keep anything out of your dreams. Uh, anything just might creep in. So the police might come in while you are walking down uh, Fifth Avenue, New York City, for example, mm-hmm. naked. And in your dream, you, you might be arrested by uh, police. Uh, well, there's nothing we can really do about that. No, but the cost is, I mean... Just even hiring a lawyer is so expensive these days, and the police really roughed in, in me dreams, up. In dreams, lawyers are free. And L- lawyers are free in your subconscious, Cameron. Oh God, yeah, I wish. Okay, well, I think one reason why Cameron uh, is so emphatic about this is that he actually has already, I guess, in preparation for for your visit here. Uh, he's been trying to use his dreams to practice for what he sees as real life situations coming up, which in in his mind will include being naked in front of a classroom. So, yeah, I mean, it's the only way to face what is almost certainly going to be a reality pretty soon. I am going to stand in front of a class naked, and I am going to get arrested for it, and the police are going to rough me up, and that's fine. This is nothing that our research can help you with, I'm afraid. If this is, if you are <sighs> hell-bent on, on this course of action, there's, well, there's absolutely nothing we can do to stop you. Oh, could you explain the science behind me wanting to get naked in front of a class? Well, I'm not a psychologist, uh, so I'm really not here Ah. to interpret dreams. Denied. 
Our technology is about making making it possible to record the dreams so that they can be analyzed after the fact. Now, I, I do want to point okay. out that in addition to the television-like quality uh, of, of the recording, there is also a data recording. And this is something that we found that is particularly interesting. So one may be seeing a, a scene of, well, let's take Cameron in front of a large lecture hall, s- totally naked, talking about a subject about which he knows absolutely nothing, and that is arrested by the police. Now, this is a supposed dream. But if this were a dream that we had recorded, we would also be looking at the waves, the the brain waves come in on a separate track, and we are able to analyze those. And we've discovered that there is a great deal of similarity at this level from one person's dreams to the next, and that the differences really are in the visual manifestations of the dreams. But the underlying anxieties, well, they are common across the entire human race. So if I'm standing in front of a class naked and I'm making the class do the wave kind of back and forth, you're saying it's really going to register in the machine. Yes. I, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that uh, uh, the, the, the data, the underlying brain waves that are generating these visuals in Cameron, this same set of brain waves would be present in another individual, yet the visuals would be manifesting totally differently. It depends entirely on the person. So what would the visual for, an, like, if I'm having that dream, what is the visual that another person is having that has similar waves? Well, it's uh, possible that uh, uh, an individual could be uh, uh, skydiving and then uh, suddenly discover them that the, the, they have no parachute and that they are plummeting to what is most certainly death uh, 10,000 feet below. In a sense, their back is naked because it's lacking a parachute. Uh, yes, they're sort of uh, free of any, well, I don't know how you would put it, um, protective attire or equipment or apparel that might uh, prevent uh, disaster. Okay, and so that's the parallel between the two, that Cameron, whenever he's speaking in front of a class while he's naked, he is lacking in the protection. With, With a hat on. He's lacking in the protection, protective clothing, similar to the skydiver who loses a parachute. Yes, yes. There's an underlying similarity i do want to get back to dr london asked earlier what is the what is the what is the purpose of this what is the eventual goal of this like what are you what are you trying to achieve you say you're at 60 percent um clarity with these dreams so let's say you get to 100 percent. what what are you trying to achieve yeah. is there something you're trying to do we are trying to add to uh the large bank of medical technology that exists today uh to uh, care for human beings so we are okay. we're simply adding another piece of technology as one would add uh, 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 an artificial heart valve or an artificial knee or um, uh, an artificial brain. Well, and it sounds like you're incorporating uh, EEGs into your studies with the study of the brain waves, which, you know, that that's useful for studying, you know, epilepsy or uh, different phases of sleep. So I, I'm definitely tracking on that technology. Uh, this other one, of course, is new. Um, so one thing that uh, was a surprise to me was whenever, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a technician sent by you went to my house to record my dreams. And I assume they were sent by you. Yes. Yes, we did. Okay. We did uh, send uh, one of our technicians with a, a portable uh, recording setup to record your dreams. Yeah, and I think I think my team was out of there by that time. Right. And so uh, anyway, I figured I, I haven't seen this clip before, but apparently they they narrowed down a small portion for us to watch and try to interpret. So if we want to just watch here, let it play. OK, and I so I haven't seen this before, but so I don't. I, I don't think this is accurate because I don't normally dream of, you know, Teletubbies. Like, that's not a thing that I would. Yeah, what? You're the about. sun baby? Is that what this is? Is that your ultimate either dream, like, goal or fear? Dr. Lennon, what, what are the, what's the thing coming out of your sun baby arms? Okay, and that's. Well, I don't want to. I'm, I'm seeing this. It just, 
first time, just like you guys. Uh, Dr. Van Linnis, could you tell me what, I guess, what uh, brainwaves you were getting, what you were reading at that time? Am I, you know, feeling insecure at that time or am I feeling great? How does it compare to the rest of... Why are you putting that there? I think mostly, Dr. London, what we theorize about your particular situation is that you're afraid of being alive. That's, that's sort of what it comes down to, isn't it? Every waking moment for you is a, a struggle. A struggle from one moment to the next to, well, as the young kids might say, keep it together. This would actually make a lot of sense. If you knew Dr. London, you'd know he's extremely boring. Yes. Doesn't do anything. Has yes. Has nothing to live for. Yes. Has no purpose. Yes. Uh, has no sense. Yes. Uh, is sort of just existing. Am I getting close to home, Dr. London? Well, I think the presence of the Teletubbies in this dream is uh, is quite telling. The Teletubby is so far outside of Dr. London's experience uh, that it yes. simply throws the rest of his life into uh, sharp relief. Yeah, I, I have no experience. I don't even watch Teletubby. Like, I haven't, not since I was really little. So that, that that is outside of my experience. And that's what's weird about it. But um, the dream dreams are very tricky things. Uh, the brain picks up uh, bits of memory that uh, you have lost from from childhood. Yeah, from, and I would tell from you, an odd three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, the brain is an amazing it. machine. Uh, unfortunately, human beings are a very poor interface into getting at the bottom of the brain, if you will. So, Doctor, could you explain why in in our dream video here, Doctor London's feet have a second pair of feet, and those feet are just pissed off? Once again, it comes down to uh, his uh, sphere of life. Uh, mm, that uh, he's he's so he's so afraid that his body is attempting to grow additional appendages by which it might escape itself. I, Hence that makes the anger. I see the connection between being afraid and your body growing a second pair of appendages. I don't think there needs to be an exclamation connect, connecting the two. He wants to run away from himself. Exactly. And okay, and this is. I, I I will fully understand if you don't, you know, have an answer for this, but at least one of the Teletubbies on its little belly screen, it does have Hannah Montana, like just an, an episode of, of Hannah Montana playing. And it, this is where things get a little bit touchy. Uh, I, I don't like to talk about uh, people's uh, sexual interests, predilections, okay. peccadillos, oh, no. but I, okay. I think uh, in this case you may have a crush on, uh, on Hannah. Perhaps you see her as the love of your life that got away, hence the extra feet. Perhaps the feet are trying to run to uh, this Montana woman. If, if Dr. London were capable of love, I could see that. But given that he is not, I, I assume there's something more nefarious going on, and maybe we shouldn't dig deeper than this. I, I am curious why the Wallflower's one headlight is playing. Does that mean something to you, Dr. London? No, I, once again, this is all hey, new to me. Come on down a little, nothing is forever. Why, why that song? I, look, I'm, I'm watching this, and it's just as new to me, pretty much, as, like, if I had watched an episode of Teletubbies like last weekend, like it's that new, that different, and I don't, it's not a part of my routine. So how would I even, how would I know that? Well, perhaps perhaps at this might be a good juncture to ask you, Dr. London, uh, now having seen this recording of your dream, uh, how does it make you feel? Uh, it, Why are you sweating so much? Answer the question. No, I just. What are you nervous so about? It's, well, it's it's a bit from my like I just haven't seen this before, and it's kind of like you know having part of your subconscious displayed for the world, and it's your subconscious. So I don't know how that stuff got in here, but I get I need to find a way to get rid of it. I guess is what I'm thinking. No, no, but you no. Can't One does not want to get feel. rid of the contents of your subconscious. That would be well, that would be fatal. Yeah, how I, the you feeling. Fe- Disgust, I guess. Okay, there because how you feel and you saying I want to get rid of it. I want to get rid of it is not an emotion. I think. I think there's five emotions, and yeah, it's the hunger. ones from Inside Out. Okay. Amy Poehler, Mindy Kaling, oh. um, Bill Hader, uh, and a couple others. Thank you. I'm I'm sorry, Doctor. You were saying. Well, yes, I, I just wanted to say that, that uh, jarring uh, though this experience may have been for you, uh, you should not lose hope. Uh, you should not uh, 
take to your bed for the rest of the day or the rest of your life. You, you use this as a as a learning experience. You have had a, a, you, a, an experience which you should use to see inside yourself. Uh, you 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 asked earlier about the the purpose of this of this technology. This not only are we expanding medical science, not only are we expanding human knowledge, but now now we have a way to see inside. Well, dare I say it, one's one's soul, the subconscious and the soul. Uh, wow. Very, very similar kinds of things. They're both quite ethereal. It's hard to get a handle on them. Uh, now, now you can see how your subconscious is wrestling with the rest of yourself, and you should be able to understand yourself with greater clarity, e- even if that understanding is is disheartening. It is you. It is you through and through and through. And I think what we can we can learn from this sort of glimpse into Dr. London's soul is that he's a seriously messed up homie. This I leave to the psychologists for their final conclusion. I, I, I am, uh, as I said earlier, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, uh, I, I don't really, well, I don't really believe in psychology. That was one of the reasons I pursued this uh, technology in the first place, because I thought, uh, well, the Freudians and even the Jungians were just getting it all wrong. And what, right. what is your doctorate in? Dr. Van Linnis. Horticulture. Huh. Okay, well... I found it very, very unsatisfying. And I, uh, well, I had a dream one night that I was myself dreaming that I was a scientist who had invented a way to record dreams. And when I awoke, I I didn't know if I was me dreaming that I was the scientist who had invented dreams before I was the scientist who invented dreams dreaming myself. Well, I do want to ask just on the horti- horti- you said horticulture, right? Yes, that's right. So what what initially led you to that field? Cuz maybe we can get an insight into your soul a little bit by learning a little more about yourself. It's really quite boring. My my parents were agronomists and uh they taught me about plants and they wanted me to you know, follow them in the business of uh things that are green and leafy and uh out of filial piety, I I uh, I acceded to their demands, uh, even though I found it uh, terribly boring. Interesting. It does make I do trust plant guys to invent dream machines. That's something I've never considered before, but I'm behind it. You know. Well, we try to uh, make sure that our team is uh, representing the widest possible variety of the sciences. Uh, when we do have uh, sports science. Food science. Yes, exactly. Shoe science. These are all things that give us uh, glimpses into the human condition. Weird science. Indeed. Now, can we take a look? I believe we took a look into my dreams as well. I mean, Dr. Lund, did you have any more questions about your dream? No, finding out that my dream is uh, myself as a son in a Teletubby land and, you know, Teletubby with Hannah Montana, apparently sexual thing playing on the belly and angry feet going out growing out of their feet plenty is I, I think i've had too much you're you're comfortable with that reading i'm not comfortable but i am moving on let's conclude all right i'm gonna write it down on the to-do list dr london totally messed up homie okay now it's quite a subjective uh, conclusion i have to point out Thank you. Well, I am something of a psychologist. Okay. Something of, yes, indeed. So now let's, I think we should take a look at my dream. I mean, Dr. Linda, do you want to look at that or? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Let's take a look. Go ahead. Hit play. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm gorgeous. And is that you? Oh, it's me and prom. Oh, but I don't have a date. <gasps> but what's that? The hottest girl at the prom, she wants to dance with me? Yes. Oh, wow. Now I'm seven feet tall and super handsome, making everyone laugh. Wow. Now I'm naked and... Everyone's cheering. They're saying, you're being you. You should be comfortable being you, Cameron. We love you. And now I won prom king. And I I should also point out, I guess I don't want to, but for the listeners, 
There is a, a goat in the corner with my face, and it's just just pooping in the corner. Ruining everything. Yeah. Well, you're, it's barfing, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and defecating as well. Every time it tries to bleat and go, bleh, it goes, bleh. Yeah. that's prom (laughs) and it's your face spewing it out as natalie and brulee continues to to play in the background so i think we can learn from that and i again i am something of a psychologist and so i can say that it sounds like my life is awesome we have reached the conclusion uh by looking at your recording and the uh data uh stream lying beneath that uh, this is what we refer to as an aspirational dream. Uh, This is a dream that a person has uh, when their life is, uh, well, a total mess, uh, has no meaning, uh, is empty, uh, devoid of companionship, devoid of meaning, devoid of light. Uh, So so you see yourself in a situation uh, where you are... Uh, how shall I put it? Large and in charge, even to the point of of getting naked. You want to you want to flaunt yourself. This is this is the confidence that you have in your dream that you completely lack in real life. And and I think the most telling point of the whole dream is that you blame it on your friend here. Uh, he is the goat in the corner, the throwing vomiting up goat, vomiting goat. Uh, this is uh, this is your misplaced anger here on your companion, uh, blaming him for the emptiness, the meaninglessness, the friendlessness, the devoid, the giant black hole that is your actual life. And mm-hmm. uh, perhaps the, this this show that you do with him is the is the only moments, uh, few moments in your in, in your life that you have that are even remotely uh, satisfying. And even then, uh, you are making this show with a uh, puking goat. Wow. Interesting. So one must uh, question your choices. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Now, we, 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 found, we found this recording particularly, particularly appetizing. Now, so this, this depiction of me at a high school prom and standing in front of everyone naked, this is a dream, right? This is not real. As far as we can tell, yes, it is a dream, although many dreams do uh, replay actual history. Would you be willing to testify that in court? Well, yes, but I cannot testify that this is actual history. Having okay. not been there, there would have to be a third party a verification that this is uh, true. And even then, one cannot totally trust the subconscious for a complete uh, replay of reality. It is not your memory. It is your subconscious. Right. So you can be there around 3 p.m.? Saturday? No, no. I'm afraid I have a, another engagement. We are going to be uh, conducting a rather large-scale uh, bit of research uh, here at the institute. Oh, what does that mean? I, in fact, I, I never, I, I do not, uh, I do not travel. Inter- interesting. Wait, you do not travel. Wait, no. c- can can you elaborate a little bit? No, I, I like to stay at home. Uh, everything I have uh, that I need is uh, is right here. I have uh, my friends. Uh, I have a nice apartment here in, in Cape Town. Uh, the Institute uh, provides me everything I need in terms of uh, professional satisfaction and human contact. And, and I get to spend all of my time looking into the subconscious of uh, all of the people that uh, that we deal with. It is, uh, it's most satisfying. I don't need to travel. The people, people come here to do the research. We send teams out. They bring the recordings home. Uh, we watch them. We pour ourselves sure, a drink. Sure, we sure. have a Both. smoke, a bit of... S- something to eat while we are well watching them. Uh, we try to stifle our, our laughter. I mean, we are professionals after all, but most of the people that uh, do come to us, whether they're in some dire straits and they just want to know what the hell is going on. Sure, you eat you eat lunch. That was an important detail. But what is this large-scale project that you're doing this weekend? Uh, we are trying to determine the subconscious state of politicians. And so huh. we've invited a number of uh, politicians from around the world, uh, representatives, policymakers, uh, uh, elected officials, uh, bureaucrats. Uh, we are trying to understand the political mind. Now, I, 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 I'm going to assume a lot of this is confidential, but could you maybe give us some hints on who we're talking about here? No, no, no. I'm afraid not. I, I can tell you that... Um, Oh no, I, I, I think that if uh, any details uh, would uh, would make some of the more notable uh, people well immediately identifiable, and that's that's uh, we have a strict code of ethics. Uh, we all sign uh, non-disclosure agreements. Uh, our subjects uh, are 
Uh, we afford them uh, absolute uh, privacy. Uh, however, uh, when it does come time to option the recordings for general release, we do own the rights, uh, and our subjects uh, will claim no monetary uh, compensation uh, once we put our compilations together. Do you, are your subjects aware that this is happening? Everyone has to understand exactly what is going on. They they think that uh, uh, understanding the their own subconscious is uh, is worth. So uh, they are, is they worth are consensually the signing up for this. They're not being sedated unknowingly or anything like that. Oh no 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 no! Everyone shows up here in a complete uh, aware state of mind. Uh, they know exactly what they're getting into. They have they have sought us out. We usually don't go uh, seeking people. We we have uh, made our presence known. Uh, people in research circles are, are aware of our activities, uh, and uh, most of our clientele is a referral. So you don't seek out people, but a bunch of politicians have contacted you to meet up on Saturday. No, no, no. This is a uh, this is a a, a long term. Uh, uh, Long-term session. Saturday just happens to be particularly busy. We are hosting a half a dozen uh, dignitaries from around the world. I'll be personally overseeing these sessions. Uh, and so uh, I, am, I am kept very busy. It just happens to be that one day, but every day, every day we are very, very, very busy. Well, I, gotta, I, know, you can't, I know you can't reveal who we're talking about here, but why don't you give us a glimpse into some of the dreams you've seen while working on this large-scale project? Uh, and then we just guess. And so it's no. Oh, that's good. We can turn this into a game. Yeah. So we guess which politician. Oh, okay. Before we get into this, how many of the politicians you've worked with are friends with Jeffrey Epstein? If we can figure that out, I feel like that will help us with the game a lot. Well, I'm I'm afraid I'm not at liberty to uh, reveal any details about uh, about the associates of our of our clientele, uh, personal details. Uh, we don't even reveal what they wear. You can't even say that, let's say, four of your clients know Jeffrey Epstein, or knew, I should say? It's very possible that they did. Uh, we have seen some dreams that uh, have Epstein uh, components. However, those uh, uh, that imagery, that symbolism could be because they have uh, consumed news. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite impossible to tell uh, exactly uh, one's, one's true you know, history uh, simply by looking at one's dreams, uh, we we take in uh, um, input from from all sources all the time. Uh, our brain munges them together, uh, if you will, uh, and uh, out uh, this comes in one's dreams. Brain. But come munge. on, doctor, you can give us a little taste, right? You can give us a little bit of something from one of from your your famous project, just here, from one of just your a, big clients. A vague description of a dream, just some. Just give us a morsel of. How about something that. Give us something that uh, stuck out to you, we can say. Well, uh, I will say this, that uh, we did see, as I said uh, at the beginning of the interview, a lot of naked people. This is a, is a quite common occurrence. Uh, however, we did see one individual who himself was naked in the dream and saw another world leader, also naked, uh, slightly pudgy, uh, riding a rocket. And the rocket spun round and round and round and fell into the sea and went poof. Okay. So I'm thinking of who that could be. Is that Jessica Simpson? No, political. Never mind. I was going to say Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Okay. Is that Avril Lavigne? I'm not at liberty to say. I, I simply cannot answer any questions about actual identity. It's got to be Avril. It's got to be Avril Lavigne. She's my That's favorite right. politician. Okay, well... I, I, it's, it's important to have uh, uh, favorite uh, people types. Uh, we, we often see uh, favorite people types in dreams. You talked about before about how a lot of these dreams share a lot of the same wavelengths, even though the projection that we see is different, right? Yes. So yes. What, what, what have you done with that knowledge? What is, how has that knowledge helped your research? Uh, well, it's, we're beginning to form a hypothesis that... Uh, that most people have exactly the same kinds of anxieties, uh, whether they live in a modern technological capitalistic society or whether they're in, existing uh, in the forest, in the trees, uh, living under a pile of leaves. Uh, human anxiety is human anxiety. Human aspiration is human aspiration. Humor is humor. Uh, the Ooh. void is the void. How, so that, can, uh... that when 
the the images that one conjures up based on one the based on these anxieties they're 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 personal they're they're based on one's experience one's environment uh, uh, perhaps even what one has eaten the night before have you researched the dreams of a lot of forest people who live under leaves is this a is this is this a is this an occurrence? Is this a patient? We, of we yours? take a cross section of humanity. We are simply, even though we are uh, engaged in this large research project uh, looking at the dreams of politicians, we are interested in all characters of the human family, uh, from uh, from the most important, from the from the people who live high upon the mount, and to the people who live low in the ground. It is the only way for us to understand human nature. Doctor Lennon, can I talk to you privately for a second? Okay, sure. I don't think all of these people he's working with are volunteers. Oh, you think they have, like, been volunteered? I think that they n- might not understand what they're getting into. He's talking about kidnapping people from the forest. I, d- I feel like you might have misinterpreted part of it. Actually, I was I was excited about some of the medical treatments. Uh, that's what I was about to bring up, is how this could help people. Well, so you- then ask those questions. Yes. <laughs> Sorry if you hadn't done the cyber. Okay, let's go back to. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, one from from the medical perspective, one impact that this uh, dream recording could have is that, as you said, you know, all these people have the same baseline uh, anxieties or whatever problems, which to me would mean that potentially the same drugs, the pharmaceutical drugs, would be able to target. Um, said anxieties. What the hell are you talking about, Dr. London? So, for people, like, in people in general... This is your messed up Teletubby brain. Just spitting out gibberish. So, an anti-anxiety medication, just one type of medication, might work for a broad spectrum of people who have these anxiety dreams. Does that make sense? Yes, that is quite possible. However, uh... When we get to the point of treatment, well, that 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 is a that's a whole other question. We we are really interested only in in discovering how the subconscious manifests itself in dreams. Uh, sure, it doesn't necessarily yeah. indicate that there is a problem that needs to be treated, especially one uh, to be treated uh, pharmacologically. And uh, even though I am not a big fan of psychoanalysis, I think that many people could benefit from the so-called talking therapy that now armed with the recording of these dreams, taking it to one's, well, I'll just use the colloquial term, shrink. That uh, with, with this recording, the, 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 the doctor in, in question here has uh, a, a new way to penetrate the uh, prevarications often uh, brought forward by, uh, by psychological patients. They're unwilling to tell the truth. Yet here we have a recording of a person's dreams, a person's dreams, mind you, that the doctor can look at and say, Cameron, you are lying to me. This, this is your brain. This is the subconscious. This is what is trying to get out. So whether it requires pharmacological methods, uh, talking methods or others, uh, uh, that, is, that is beyond uh, the purview of our particular research. We only want to bring this information forward and make it useful for people. Okay. So why, why are you here today, though? Like, what, what is the purpose? You're saying that you're not looking for people, you're not reaching out to get more patients or anything like that. They're reaching out to you all these powerful people. So what is the purpose on of, of coming here today? I guess follow-up question, where does your funding come from? Uh, we raise money privately. Uh, oh, we take cool. uh, okay. donations. Uh, we also, uh, depending on the nature of the subject who's come in for research, we uh, do occasionally ask for a fee. Now, uh, for the people who live, uh, as I said earlier, kind of the low living people, people who live in a hole in the ground or on the street, we, we ask for nothing but their time. Uh, and if they are in particularly dire straits, we make sure that they have a good night's sleep and a good meal. Mm-hmm. When, you pi- when you pick up forest people and they don't have no idea what's going on, you make sure they've got a, a, a bed to rest in. That's oh yes, nice. yes, and and believe me, they know exactly. They know exactly Which what is going. on. You can on, tell course. because you've seen their dreams. But but these wealthy people, you're saying, yeah, depending on the content of their dreams, you charge them. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. This no, isn't a blackmail type of situation. It's African American no, male is no. the term. As for why I'm here, uh, 
Cameron's uh, research people did discover our institute as part of their research. They reached out and wondered if uh, uh, we could make someone available for this, uh, this show of yours, and uh, here I am. All right, well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much. Um, now, is there any way for uh, you know, any of our listeners to reach you or follow you, or are you on you know, social media, anything like that? Uh, just uh, look us up on the dark web, and uh, feel free to get in touch. Okay. All right, and thank you to uh, producer Cameron, as always. Uh, thank you to Digital in the House. Uh, we have reached the conclusion uh, by looking at your recording and the uh, data uh, stream lying beneath that uh, this is what we refer to as an aspirational dream. This is a dream that a person has uh, when their life is, uh, well, a total mess. Uh, has no meaning, uh, is an empty... Uh, devoid of companionship, uh, devoid of meaning, devoid of light. So one must uh, question your choices. And my name is DrLondonSmith.com. This has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya. There's a hush in the air. You raise your snout to sniff at the slightest breeze. You smell nothing. It is almost as if that surgery to replace your nose with a snout turned out to be as unhelpful as a surgeon had constantly reiterated to you before the procedure. Nevertheless, you raise your snout even higher, but instead of catching a scent, your neck pops. What a satisfying foray this turned out to be after all. Speaking of satisfaction, don't forget to leave your five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast in which you describe the various facial dysmorphic-related cosmetic surgeries you have undergone. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Doc podcast with a friend or foe. You can send them a link to your favorite episode or just send them our handy website, jockdocpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at Jock Doc Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.